Today, I just want to pick up from something that didn't make it into the message on Sunday, and it has to do with God's way with leaders in the world. And I was discussing uh, Herod and his maneuvers to try to figure out um, where Jesus was born and who he was in order to kind of deal with the issue of having um, a king born in his kingdom that wasn't one of his own children. And what happened was, you know, Jesus was born, and then sometime later, the wise men show up at Herod's house and say, okay, where's the new king? And it's obviously not one of Herod's children. And so all of Jerusalem is upset and put in turmoil, like, what's going on here? Is there a king that's been born? Where is he? What kind of king? Is this the Messiah? And uh, Herod assumes that this is some kind of messianic uh, event, and he asks his um Bible scholars to tell him where this is supposed to happen. They say Bethlehem, and so the wise men go off. And Herod says, when you find the child, you come back and tell me so that I can worship him too. That's verse 8 of chapter 2 of the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, he doesn't really want to worship the child. He wants to find out where the child is so he can dispose of him. But what happens is that um, later on, God warns the wise men not to return to Herod. It says in verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And so God knows what's going on there and he foils Herod's plan. That says in verse 16, later on, then Herod, when he saw that he'd been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under. And so uh, this is what's going on here. We have this scenario where a political leader is um, trying to rule, trying to maintain his rule. I'm not sure exactly all the motivations that Herod wanted to kill the child, you know, and we never will, but um, it could be in order to maintain his own personal power. It could be because he was getting used to putting down messianic events. You know, there's always messiahs coming up and pretending to be the messiah. And he was getting used to quelling this. It may that be that he just knew he needed to keep things quiet in Israel so that the Roman Empire, who was ruling over that land, and Herod was kind of serving them, um, that they didn't get upset and dispose of him. Uh, it could have been many, many reasons, but Herod sees this as a threat to his rule, and he, he's going to try to kill this child. But God foils the plan. God shows up in a dream to the wise men and says, uh, no, don't do it. Herod said, I want you to go home a different way. And they obey the dream. And Herod later on becomes absolutely furious about this. And the lesson I'm learning from this is that, you know, God is very attentive to leaders and what they're doing and um, their tricks. And he is able to expose the trickiness of leaders. Excuse me. So a couple of real life examples. Um, There is a prime minister who, uh, and this is contemporary history, who goes around the world really presenting himself as um, a feminist and a great um, uh, benefactor of women, not only in his own country, but throughout the world. And this is part of his persona. This is part of his, you know, political persona, his personal persona, how he presents himself to the world. You know, I'm I'm great. He seems very chivalrous in it. Uh, But this prime minister is also the only prime minister in the history of his country who has ever hit a woman in the House of Parliament. So, you know, a few months ago, 
there was some incident and the prime minister, not unlike Herod, was not getting his way and became kind of filled with rage and stepped across the House of Parliament and was looking to grab somebody else and push some people out of the way and, you know, say some hard, harsh words. But in the midst of that moment, he ended up elbowing a female MP. You know, he didn't hit her in the face. He didn't hit her in the arm. He didn't hit her in the back. He hit her right in the breast. And, you know, if you'll excuse me for being particular about this, he hit her right in the part of the female body that is kind of symbolic of mature womanhood. When a woman grows up into full maturity, she develops breasts. And so this it, it, this impact hit her right in her womanhood. And she, you know, was kind of stunned and hurt and kind of had to leave the... Uh, House of Parliament in tears just to recover herself. And so here's this moment caught on camera. Uh, it's, it's, it's not fully as fully extended as Herod, but just a similar moment where somebody's presenting themselves in a certain way. And then God brings about this moment to reveal what's really going on. And there's anger and rage and the exact kind of person that this leader was saying, I want to benefit, um, is the person who is most injured by the expression of of anger when they didn't get their way. And so what's going on here, I think, is that, you know, God reveals what's really going on in the lives of leaders. Herod wanted to um, find out where Jesus was and get rid of him quietly. If he could find the exact house and the exact child, he could have sent, you know, one spy in and dealt with Jesus. But because that wise men tricked him, quote unquote, they were just obeying God, because God intervened, Herod had to actually expose himself. He had to expose his violence and that he was willing to actually kill every male child under the year of two um, years old, under the age of two years old, not only in Bethlehem, but in the surrounding region. And so it was known to everyone. Herod murdered dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds and hundreds of little babies and who knows who else in accomplishing this plan because he wanted to destroy the child. But God protected the child. And so his desire to present himself in a certain way or to kind of conceal what was really going on in his life, God foiled that and revealed what was really going on. Uh, Another example, this one a bit more of a churchy example. A A few years ago, there was a meeting of a denomination in... Minneapolis, Minnesota, and as, and this was the meeting of leaders, and they're going to have a conference and decide some things, make some changes. And as part of that meeting, they were going to make a very significant decision whether or not the pastors of this church, the leaders of this church, could engage in a t- one type of behavior um, that the scriptures say is a sin. And not just a small one, but not that there are any small sins, but One of the sins that the scripture specifically says is the kind of sin that if this is your lifestyle, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's a big deal. If all of a sudden, you know, a church or denomination is saying, you know, we think the Bible got it wrong. We think that you can do this and not only still go to heaven, but you can actually be a leader in the church. You know, it's a significant, um, a significant decision. And so what the church is, you know, kind of saying is we're going to do this and we're a great church. And now in the midst of this discussion, Um, a tornado, a small tornado came out of nowhere. No one had predicted it. No one said there was going to be even bad weather as far as I remember. Tornado came out of nowhere and tore the cross off of the top of a church that belonged to this denomination and didn't tear it off all the way. As far as I remember, I think it tore it off so that it was kind of hanging limp at the top of this church. 
And one of the local pastors who has a bit of a ministry was saying, you know, that's significant that in the midst of this discussion, um, there is a freak tornado that comes and tears the cross off of one of their churches. For me, that just struck me again, you know, God is revealing what's going on. Um, And he's very, very especially careful uh, or attentive to leaders. And so what should we draw from this truth, how he dealt with Herod, um, how God has dealt with leaders in the world. Um, Number one, we need to remember that where we have any sort of leadership or responsibility, God cares and he's watching. Um, He's not watching to do bad. He's not quick to anger. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and kindness, but he cares. So for moms or dads, for husbands, for um, leaders in churches, for leaders in business, for leaders in politics, God cares. And as soon as you have kind of increased responsibility, there is an increase of attentiveness towards you from God, who is responsible for the entire world, entire universe. He cares. Uh, The other thing is that, you know, we need to deal with our hidden stuff because God doesn't let our hidden stuff stay hidden. Um, Jesus said, you know, what is spoken of in private will be proclaimed from from the rooftops. And One of the things that he's saying there is, you know, um, people's secrets won't stay secret forever. God is the God of the universe. He's the God of truth. He's the God of righteousness. He's the God of secrets. And he's the God of revealing secrets. And whenever he wants to, he can make the hidden life of a person the public life of a person. And so what we're supposed to do is um, see stories like this and hear stories like this and say, you know what, God, I want to get right with you. Would you please reveal to me um, things that aren't pleasing to you? so that I can see it and that I can deal with it. I can deal with it in a wise way, in a good way, so that it doesn't have to become an explosion, you know. Um, when people go into areas where mines have been laid, they want to go in there and find the mine and, mine and remove it and deactivate it and disarm it in a way that it doesn't go off and explode and hurt people and damage people. And so, you know, dealing with sin is kind of like mine removal. It's like, God, would you show me where the, the landmines are in my soul so that you and I, we can deal with it by grace through the gospel before it explodes and becomes a public event and a public embarrassment and brings shame on you and me and hurts people. The other thing it reminds me is, you know, as we deal with our own issues and our own sins, there is a human capacity or a tendency to to downplay the severity of our own issues. You know, um, when other people make mistakes, they did it on purpose. When I make mistakes, it was by accident. When other people sin, that's their character. When I sin, it's not my character. It, it was it was it was unusual. And so there's a sense of always wanting to kind of say, um, you know, what I do isn't so bad as what other people do. And when God confronts and when he deals and when he reveals what he's saying is like he's he's saying don't have that mindset where what you do uh what where your issues aren't as bad as other people's issues or aren't as important as other issues it's god's way of saying like look here this is the reality deal with it and when he brings it publicly then all of a sudden we go oh my goodness that's really bad and we can either kind of downplay it or lie about it or we can actually deal with it and deal with the root issues coming to jesus coming to the cross pleading his shed blood for forgiveness and grace, leaning on the word of God, leaning on the Holy Spirit for true transformation. Uh, Where we have responsibilities, God cares. And where he is exposing stuff, we can respond by quickly bringing it to God and quickly seeking change, or we can ignore it and and risk the possibility of it becoming a big public problem. And that's, that's not God's first plan for us. His first plan is for us to deal with things well.
with him as soon as it, it comes up so it doesn't have to become a big issue that he needs to get our attention by a public event. Be blessed.